0: So, how about doing something today that actually matters while you still can? Hey, my friends, welcome back to the Quick Talk Podcast. Hope you're doing very well. I have a kind of a different episode for you today. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a weird, uh, (laughs) high level conversation about the world, the system, economics, the educational system, maybe even talk about precious metals, prepping. I don't know, maybe goat milk with my good friend Joe Kowalski. Now, Joe, he's a character. He's like this eccentric like CEO of a software company guy. Uh, he's all over the place online. He's got some really similar views to me in terms of the things I previously mentioned. But he's also built a multi-million dollar software company and uh, just an all-around good guy, well respected. Joe, how the heck are you?
1: Josh, good to talk with you again, man. It's been a while.
0: So why, why not just talk about some weird fun things that are interesting to us that I know are interesting to other people. And before I even hit record, where did our conversation go? Well, of course it went to like (laughs) everything's changing, AI (laughs) is coming and robots are going to take our jobs and and the school system is still training people like it's 1930 to become a drone in a factory. What's your perspective on where the world's at and where it's going?
1: I mean, you know, there's lots of exciting things, but there's lots of things to kind of look out for, right? Warning flags that if you're not paying attention can kind of catch you off guard on uh, this with this new pre- obviously I don't do politics uh in public anyway um uh, but with the new presidential election there's a lot of um things on the table that you know people are trying to bring up and and get in the conversation that's just fascinating to me paying attention for instance like AI automation delivery you know mining that kind of stuff it, uh, the new report came out last month that said 35 30 to 35 percent of all jobs in the united states will not exist in 10 to 15 years from now mm. and mm. that's uh that's that's kind of scary because 30 percent of the workforce through no fault of their own is going to find themselves out of a job and without any skills to enter into the market again so oh how are we going to even deal with that that just that's so mind-blowing
0: it's mind-blowing so much has changed it's exponential change now it's not just like cha- like one thing i told my kids one time i'm like if you look at like all of human history on like a linear like a, what's a timeline and like you go back to like the wheel like, like they made the wheel and everybody's like yay this is so awesome what a great piece of technology now we can roll around carts and stuff and then like you go like really far down the timeline and then they have like something else like bronze or something. And so like there's this this relatively slow growth with advancement, technological advancement, but in the last 100 and maybe 150 years or so, it's it's a it's like hockey stick. It's unbelievable. It's like you have thousands of years of, you know, innovation and growth but nothing insane and then it hockey sticks. I mean, we have 5G coming out, which that freaks me out and we can talk about that, but things are changing so fast, the only constant seems to be change.
1: Which you know, uh, you're uh, you're a Gen Xer, or you did you catch I, that millennial?
0: I, no, I'm technically a millennial by like a year, and depending on who's arguing it, they would call me one or the other. I'm not sure.
1: Right, but you're you're like the, I was born uh, the, in eighty one. The elder, you're like the millennial elder.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I'm I'm Gen X, right? And so um, our generation is the first generation in human history that was born whose only constant was change. Like my dad's dad, like. You know, not, not a whole lot had changed between his growing up. And then, you know, with me, I remember like Betamax, and VHS, and microwaves and dishwashers. Like forget about <laughs> computers and cell phones. Right. Right. <laughs> the um, Home appliance
0: revolution. It's
1: ridiculous. And then I saw a thing the other day. If you look at a picture of like 1920, uh, right before um, Ford started cranking out the Model T and if you take a look at a picture of new york it's horses everywhere as far as the eye could see it's like traffic jam with horses 13 years later same picture same corner 100% vehicles in 13 years,
0: 13 and, years. You
1: gotta, and you got and you got to think about the the stable uh, and horse industry at the time was like we've been doing this for thousands of years my grandpappy raised horses and you know and there was the muck you know, think about new york with all the horses the, the shit that had to be Like an entire industry and everybody was like this, horseless carriages, whatever. 13 years later, decimated. The industry is gone.
0: And I bet there was a small itty bitty fraction of the horse buggy manufacturers that probably had the the brains to see it and maybe position themselves or exited just in time. But I bet 99% of them just just burned to the ground. That was it. Things change. People moved on. People vote with their wallets,
1: and and that is a cakewalk compared to where we're headed. If the economists are right, I mean, if they if they're right about thirty percent of the U.S. population being out of work, without skills and tools to be able to put themselves on the job market where they're needed, like I I I don't even know what that looks like.
0: Well, in terms of home services, actually. this is it. there's two ways to look at it, I guess. I mean, if 30% of people are out of work, we're going to lose a huge part of our customer base, of course. But yep. at the same time, there's going to be a ton of people in the labor force that, it. I guess my point is, is I think services, yep. specifically home services, they're not going anywhere. The way we nope. do it can change. It's going to be rock solid in terms of, like, people need things cleaned and washed and fixed and built and all that stuff, plumbers and electricians. and That's right. But... I don't know do we do we shift our focus on commercial accounts instead of Residential do we we also know that push
1: towards high-end, right? Yeah, I mean that's where the money is gonna go because the disparaging uh, Difference in income as it exists now is just gonna continue to increase Yeah, but you're right in that United States over the last three decades has converted from a manufacturing country to a service country Mm -hmm. like the vast majority of our GDP now Uh, internally is going to be off services, not the products that we build. Um, And that's okay, but that's interesting because those service providers are a little shielded, but they still got to get customers. So the low-end customers, those are going to go away. Yeah. And the people who are the, – the middle class is going to get divided. They're either going to go down into the right. – It's just class shrinking. They're kind
0: of that's interesting. And so, well, it's been yeah. four years since I had – I had a service company for 10 years myself, and that's how I kind of got into this journey here. But um, just in the last four years, so much stuff has changed. And uh, it, what was I going to say? I'm losing my train of thought. It was really good, Joe. Always. Uh, it's going to come back to me. Keep rolling.
1: I mean, you know, look at the advancements in technology just in software, right? I mean, Service Monster's offering over the last 13 years has radically changed. And where we had to do with our customers just because they're expecting more. Uh, cell phones. We only got cell phones. The iPhone only dropped in 2007. It's only 12 years ago, for crying out loud. And look at how it's radically changed our lives, access to social media. Um, and, and it's just it's just absolutely insane how things... Are changing how quickly they're changing and they're just getting quicker all the time
0: oh it came back to me just in the nick of time if I still had my company uh, one of the things I would be doing is figuring out how to create uh, almost like a SaaS model with my service company a subscription model and you know I've been I've talked about this on the podcast a few years ago for the first time and really no one's talking about it for the most part I know a couple companies doing it successfully but they won't share what they're doing because it's like a secret to them. They're doing fifty or 80000 a month and reoccurring revenue as a service provider. I almost wonder if that could be a good pivot too. I've been Uh-oh.
1: preaching it for 10 years, man. It's built into service monster. We have a contract feature. You can take a residential client. You can say, hey, we've done this cleaning for you. I'll knock 20% off if you sign up for our monthly. It helps keep our costs down, it helps keep our revenue flat, it helps you as a client because I'm your guy, I will come out when you need to, and once a year I'll come do a deep clean for you. Mm-hmm. And then they get that 20 or 30 bucks a month, right? And now you're looking at $360 a year if you do one deep cleaning and one visit for touch-ups, man, that's that's a decent... We just released new average invoice for the nation. It's a $282 average invoice.
0: Well, most of your customers are... I know they're all over the place, but is the lion share... From the carpet industry, still.
1: Yeah, I would say that that's eighty percent carpet cleaning and fifteen percent window and pressure now. Since the last time we talked, we've really moved into that industry hard, right? And uh, lots of people have, have come over. Well, and so it just
0: solves so many problems be- because of the seasonality, especially in like the Midwest, yep. with cash flow. And the other thing is, is the timing's right for it now because people are trained. To buy things on subscription like never before. I mean, if you look in the '80s, I mean, I was just a little guy in the '80s, but I remember talking to my parents about this. Like the idea of even getting a credit card at first was really taboo. It was like almost shameful, and then it sort of is shifted over time to where it was kind of cool and trendy to get your JCPenney's card or whatever, and and now it's just a way of life. And then uh, paying monthly subscriptions was taboo. And now it's normal, like Netflix and Amazon Prime and whatever. And York tried
1: to do the subscription model, um, and and, um, John Don has a Stay Beautiful program uh, that they've been pitching for three decades, 30 flipping years, and boomers never really wanted anything to do with it. I've seen a couple people successful, um, uh, the Burdick's have a successful model where they're drawing in monthly recurring revenue, but they worked their off for it and they targeted a higher end client. But millennials are buying it now. They are buying it on a regular basis. Nate brought out of Oregon. um, You know, he's managing a, a system where he's getting monthly recurring revenue from his client base. And it, And you're right, it solves so many problems. It's the whole reason why I invented this business model. Software as a service didn't exist when I came out in 2003. My only goal was to make exactly the same amount of money this month as I made last month and not have to make a single sale. So I could go sales one month, development one month, sales one month, while the other guys were working on development and training, right? So it it was a strategic model but now it's such a stable form of revenue we have our own express lane for business loans we get special rates and they're super willing to throw money at
0: us mm-hmm. yep well and when you sell you got a higher multiple and it, it's everything about reoccurring revenue is really juicy i mean for home services oh it, it's such an opportunity and you know, people like to make fun of millennials or beat up on millennials, but the fact is, millennials are rich. Like, they're, not all of them, but like, they're making money right now. So, all these tech startups, all these people, the millennials aren't like the dumb kid eating a hot pocket in his mom's basement. That's maybe a couple of them. They're like, they have money and they're buying homes. And the and the reason I bring this up is they don't know how to change their own brake pads. They ain't going to clean their nope. own thing. They don't do anything. And they themselves. don't
1: care to know. They, they don't, don't even want mat- to know. I saw uh, Gary Vaynerchuk riffing on this, talking about I don't want to know anything about my car. I'll take it to the mechanic, and yeah, he could screw me over, but so what? I'll buy another car, right?
0: Yeah, we're more uh, disposable. Like we're, uh, what's the word? We we're we've been raised where we throw things away. You know, my grandma still has a TV. You know, the TVs when they weighed like five thousand pounds and the tubes, and they still works though, and it's like thirty five years old those don't exist now like we buy a tv a new tv even when ours does work if it even lasts more than a few years and because we're you want three extra inches yeah. yeah we want status we want we're consumers and it's actually really scary in a way because if you if you study like i'm not like an expert on this i'm an amateur nerd who loves conspiracy theories history archaeology all that stuff but the rise and fall of empires always ends in a state of excessive luxury you know, that, this is, like, not good in a way because when, like, I made a video on Facebook yesterday, like, in the year 1812 and you're, like, a homesteader trying to, like, clear land to build your log cabin so you don't freeze to death, like, in eight months later, like, you don't have time to, like, worry about, like, porn or like go play video games and just focus on luxury and consumption like that's not even it's not even a temptation because it's or not it's not on the table about
1: start starting a new job right exactly. or curl up into a little ball because you had a confrontation
0: not only right? did it not exist but even if it did ain't nobody got time for that we're trying to survive that, over here right life right. expectancy of 42 years but now we We throw things away we're less connect, we're more connected, but also less connected than ever before people 's social skills are changing the way we engage with each other' is changing sex is changing like there's all these robots like weird stuff is happening and it's not good and i and I don 't mean to be like doom and gloom because there's massive opportunity in all this, and we 'll have to see how it plays out but I thought it'd be cool to talk about some of this stuff because I don't know. I've never talked about it on this podcast before. I mean, how do you see it? Do you see this as a, a big, well, juicy I mean, opportunity? Well, there's good
1: and bad, right? Obviously, there's good and bad. And, and you got to keep in mind, we're in our infancy on all this. The technical and social uh, and, and digital age has happened within my lifetime. That's insane. And so we have no idea what we're doing. We're trying to figure it out, right? We're trying – and I think eventually what's going to happen is our sources of information are going to get more scrutinized. Right now there's no scrutiny because well, we're having – are starting
0: to now. They're starting
1: – they're just starting that to. That terrifies to think about for a second. me. It's terrible. But, but here's it's – a, it's a natural reaction though if you think about it. Prior to 1995 when the internet was launched on the United States, 1995, not that long ago, Prior to that, the gatekeepers were the major networks, record labels, and, and uh, movie studios. They consisted of about 30 people like Weisenberg. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like yep. they controlled. They're the gatekeepers. Total. Co- the gatekeepers.
0: There's three networks, CBS, NBC, All the content, ABC. Yep. A new
1: star. You wanted to be the next Brad Pitt. You had to go through 20 freaking gatekeepers who controlled everything. Now, YouTube musically like doesn't. There is no – the gatekeepers are gone, and we are having an absolute hedonistic uh, uh, time of it, a party. Then we're realizing what the fallout of that means. There's bad, yeah. And the bad is is that we're not really vetting information that we're getting. We're believing things on face value. We're – our cognitive bias, those – predetermined things that make you say, no, nah, I don't want to believe that because I have a different belief system that I built my entire life and identity on, and our difficult ability to be introspective enough to take yourself outside of that and go, holy shit, I need to remap my entire thinking of the world, our inability to do that, or it's so hard to do that, and this is what entrepreneurs really, I focus on a lot, that introspective of being an entrepreneur so you can become a leader and grow your business, it's required, but we're getting all of the data and all this feed through all these social media confirmation bias, and it's feeding in, and the algorithms are feeding us things people in, interact with, and they interact with things largely negative on the negative side of the scale.
0: Anything sensational gets clicks, yep. and so even the news is highly incentivized because the news business models change too. Because back in the day, when you were just, uh, you know, like the local editor at a thing, and you're 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 hitting the beat and like getting get the scoop or whatever. <laughs> that was one thing. But now, because news is delivered digitally, it has this very short shelf life, it's all about clicks and eyeballs and attention. So, like, it, it's incentivized in their very business model to be as sensational as possible.
1: Well, not only that, but we saw the change in the last 30 years of news becoming the lost leader for a network when there was three networks, had to run the news, and the news wasn't about making profit. Period. To come into the 80s and late 80s and now news has to make its nut and in the 90s early 90s c-span and now we've gotten the internet now it's 24 7 news cycles and you better be paying your bills right i mean it, it you know i don't claim to have the answers but i'm certainly looking at these situations i'm going yeah, that's interesting. How do I want to raise my kids in this environment? What skills are they going to need in order to be a productive community member? Well, I can, I can tell society? you what,
0: one skill they're going to need that they're absolutely not going to get from public schools. And it's the ability to critically think. It's 100%. the ability to learn how to think rather than what to think. Uh, that one thing right there by itself We'll give them a fighting chance, but it's just not happening for, you know, 90 percent of kids going to going to school. What yeah. And
1: that's, what, you know, one of the reasons why we homeschool. Right. We homeschool our six kids and we um, you know, my only job, my really my only job at its core is installing intellectual curiosity, because if I can do that then they're going to go learn on their own. And if we can teach them how to learn, how to think critically, how to question your own beliefs on a regular basis to remap and be empathetic and look at different points of view, if I can just give them those tools, dude, everything else is easy.
0: Mm, That's really interesting. Yeah, I I take great care to try to uh, let my kids understand why they believe what they believe. I have very dogmatic views on, you know, my religious views and stuff. I'm a Christian. I'm a conservative. and But I understand why I believe what I believe. But what, I, what I'm trying to do with my kids is I think it, it has very little value for me to indoctrinate them versus uh, help them arrive at their own conclusion logically. And so I hope that they arrive at similar conclusions, of course. And they see me and my wife live our life a particular way and the conviction that we have. But... I also know that if I just tell them, you know, this is true, just shut up, don't question it, like, this is the way it is, you know, they're going to grow up and realize that they they can question anything, and they're going to get, like, fire hosed with possibilities, and they won't have the tools to actually critically think when they get out into the world.
1: Yeah, and, and that's, you have to be careful with that, especially being deeply religious, right? I mean, that, that, the clear line between faith and knowledge I think is really the only tipping point there. Because if you go into dogma and say, I believe these things to be true versus these things are true and everyone else is bull****, that's that's not the, how I want to bring my kids up, right? I want to bring my kids up to understand the difference between faith and knowledge. And, and, and there's a big difference there.
0: There uh, is, but I think sometimes people think that faith is like the equivalent of uh, like you can believe in unicorns, right? Like there is like, I believe all belief systems are faith-based. I believe atheism is literally a faith-based belief system <laughs> because you can't prove a negative. You can't. And so at the end of the day, like you have to use knowledge to substantiate why you believe what you believe. There's not a hundred percent foolproof way to scientifically prove everything, but that doesn't mean it's based on nothing either. That's why we no, study. But there's
1: a difference between saying that I have faith in lack of evidence and I think I have evidence that's actually not evidence, right? That's the difference between dogma and, 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 you know, believing in your faith and holding that as part of who you are and your convictions and who you are as a person, how you conduct yourself with other people. You know, uh, what kind of message are you spreading and positivity and, you know, that kind of thing. What and, about and absolute saying,
0: truth? Is there an absolute truth? Does Joe Kowalski believe in absolute truth?
1: I believe in evidence-based data when I say that I know something. I believe in my internal mechanisms to navigate faith and spirituality.
0: Let me reword it this way. Is there such a thing as right and wrong?
1: You mean in the context of morality?
0: Yeah. Is morality even a thing? Does it exist or is it a construct?
1: Of course, but I don't necessarily believe that that's limited to someone of uh, a specific faith.
0: Yeah, no, me neither. I'm
1: just morality saying, does morality exist into at all? The fabric of who we are?
0: Right, but yes. it, if, to me, this is my view on it, is because it's self evident that morality does exist, whether you're a pygmy uh, Indian and wherever they're from africa (laughs) or wherever they're from um whether you're that person or you're in the western world or you're in asia where everyone universally knows it's like wrong to push a little old lady in front of a bus or some horrible thing right like we know theft is like bad and because of that that is evidence to me uh that there is an absolute truth every if there's a if there's a universal law hardwired in there has to be a law giver there has to be something else
1: that truth to you, though, isn't transferable. There's no evidence for it. So, and, and again, Evidence that I mean, morality I'm exists? I'm a scientist, right? Are you saying I, there's no evidence I, that real, morality I exists or, with, or the
0: deal, part after that? I just want to clarify.
1: Yeah, no, I, the part where you're saying because morality exists – then to you, that's evidence of some sort, and I just want to be careful with the words.
0: Yeah, because it's an if-then statement. If morality, because there's no evolutionary um, reason for morality to exist, or or, or for mu- or what about music? Music too is another good one that I like to nerd out about.
1: What the feeling that you can invoke emotion based off of a painting or a the poem, the fact that or humans
0: music? are moved emotionally because of something visually, aesthetically pleasing, or audio again.
1: That's true, but that's not evidence directly related to any one belief system.
0: I'm not talking we're not even to the belief system yet. I'm saying okay. that I'm saying that if morality exists or if art and music exists, then yep. there is a creator. I'm not talking about belief systems at all other so than no, there's an architect. You can't say then
1: there is a creator. You can't
0: use Every... <laughs> that as evidence of a creator. <laughs> Why not? Because it
1: does, because it, it's not transferable. You can't Document that evidence create an experiment and hand it to me for reproduction to then come to the same conclusion as you in a vacuum
0: So if you see a watch Does it have a watchmaker?
1: That's that argument that that discussion is not relevant to what we're talking about
0: Yeah, I mean saying because something exists and it's designed and there's and there's like it doesn't make sense It's just there. There's a watch sitting in a desert and you, and you stumble upon it and it's hyper structured and organized, even though you can't replicate in a, like I, my point is, to me, it's 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 not you're saying it's not transferable, but the, the, I'm it's saying pure the logic.
1: definition of evidence from a scientific point of view is very simple, it is that it's can be used to predetermine future outcomes. And that through independent study and testing, the results are confirmable.
0: So how would that apply in the watch situation?
1: It doesn't. That's why I said it makes no sense. So you're
0: saying <laughs> it doesn't make sense for me to say the statement, every watch has a watchmaker. You think that statement doesn't make sense?
1: I think that statement makes sense, but not as an argument to prove the existence of, of a creator.
0: Of the watchmaker.
1: No, of the watch there is a watchmaker it's a human being but we cannot use that it's the same it's the same exact thing it's not but that that's the thing is it's not why because you can't confirm the you can't scientifically through evidence confirm the human maker we can through evidence confirm the watchmaker hmm well, now, again, and I'm not, and I'm not, I'm not. You're, you're putting me in a position no, where I'm Joe. Arguing, this is amazing. We're not religion. arguing. This is amazing. <laughs>
0: this is the no, whole. No, but point. I want to be
1: sure that people listening understand where I'm coming from here because I'm a scientist first, right? I did um, biomedical polymer chemistry for years. My engineering background is, you know, uncontested. And what I do here at Service Monster is ridiculously complex. All science, all evidence-based. Mm-hmm. All based off the scientific method and research and affirmation and so forth. So I'm, uh, what I'm trying to do, though, is say, if those of faith want to be able to enter into discussions, then we – and the other side, the intellectuals, the, the atheists, let's say, who don't think faith exists or whatever or don't think creation exists, that the, the definitions of the two fundamental things that you have to agree on before you can even have in a debate – is the difference between evidence and faith right faith is the ability to believe in something in lack of evidence that's it that's as simple as that but that's, that is, is
0: right there is my, my problem with it is that you're implying that because forget about religion there's lots of things sure. we do every day that are faith-based yep but when you say things like when you say things like um um you know faith equals zero evidence that isn't true there's circumstantial there's there's ancillary evidence around all kinds of things for example like the existence of george washington you know we have evidence to prove that you know he was he wasn't a fictional character or whatever so there's there is things involved that lead you to the conclusion that something is reasonably true which would merit you putting faith in it i think blind faith is silly um but you're it almost sounds like and maybe you're not you can correct me
1: what, that it all sounds like
0: you're implying – yeah, that's what – it sounds like you're implying.
1: That's 100% true. And it's a very personal thing.
0: You think that's all faith true. is blind faith.
1: That's correct.
0: That is and fascinating. that's And not, there's nothing
1: wrong with that. Why is that negative? But I think we got to go back to evidence, right? Because I think that's the word that we're hung up on because you, you made – circumstantial evidence and like there's evidence of how you feel like our interpretation of the world through perception isn't reality you realize that right yeah the, the way that atoms. our eyes interpret the light and make up colors that don't exist white doesn't exist it's a construct of our mind like we are so far photons don't exist do what
0: you're saying photons don't exist light doesn't exist
1: I, no i said white
0: Oh, white! white. So I thought you white. said light doesn't exist. No,
1: nope. color light. The color white does not exist. Yeah, no. it's a it's a construct. It's all of the photons of every wavelength of the visible spectrum coming back at us, right? I do
0: agree that humans are wildly emotional, pretending to be rational. Yeah, that's and true. Too, yeah. And I totally get what you're saying with all that, like completely. But I also no, know that people. Yeah. I also know that people say they believe in whatever with. Absolutely zero reason, no reasoning, no wisdom put into it, uh-huh. what their claim is.
1: See, reason and, and wisdom is different, and I think you could make an, a good argument for replacing your word "evidence" with reason and wisdom.
0: Well, it's reasonable to say that there's a, every watch has a watchmaker, even though, if we're pure logic, technically maybe the watch did not have a watchmaker. Maybe it have been made by a robot. It, maybe well, yeah, or maybe it was just like a weird circumstance of impossible events where it assembled itself in some crazy thing we can't think of right now. I think it's highly unreasonable, but, but it's not blind faith to believe that a watch has a watchmaker to me. So
1: I think we've come to a a pretty good common ground, which is let's save the word evidence for science and let's, let's take faith to mean belief in lack of evidence, but to separate the uh, spaghetti monsters from the you know uh, christian or you know whatever faith you want to believe in
0: jesus man jesus Mine,
1: that's hell yeah <laughs> but but that that has comes with uh what with, damn it what are the terms you used um wisdom and reason yes wisdom and reason so i think that that's you can use that as your filter in faith to say well no my faith is reasonable these are unreasonable because you know
0: to go to go back to culture because this has been really fun this is like my favorite podcast ever now but when to me society is losing and now you fully know my worldview right but society was moving from a place of more certainty in their identity and right and wrong and morality and established kind of overarching macro level ideas of how we, quote, unquote, do things. We're moving from more stability and consistency with that more towards chaos or more towards all belief systems are equal. And you can invent whatever thing you want because all faiths susten- are and, same. And to me, that's really, it's, it's not good at all.
1: Well, I think the Mormons would have issue with that sentiment.
0: With what part?
1: With the part that creating new things to believe in as opposed to things that are more traditional and tried or true. You can just whip up anything you want now, it seems and yeah. say, that I you mean, you do.
0: Doesn't it, does it seem to you that that's the case though? People think are, that are whipping very, up all kinds of stuff.
1: I think morality, um, there's a core and then there starts to get a fuzzy outer edge.
0: Yeah. That's my weird hang up with morality is that if morality exists at all, by definition, to me, we're not the arbiters of what it is. We can't be. It can't be fluid if it exists, to me, because that, to me, is the absolute truth thing. But but then, because morality is
1: is a list of attributes and behaviors that a society or culture agrees is within the uh, positive construct of the culture itself, right?
0: I think… A lot of people think that, but I view morality as something bigger outside of us that was put well, My, my there. point is,
1: is that yeah. it's a list, right? It's a list now, that
0: we d- can't create or modify to me, but I understand why see, you won't and, think and that. And again, I'm trying to get to a
1: single point. I'm trying okay. to get
0: to a single point. All right, all right, so, go ahead. The, the list, there are items
1: on that list that no reasonable or wise human would disagree with, okay? But there are items that some people would put on that list – that are indeed fluid and flexible and skirt the question of the morality of some people and not others.
0: Right? Oh, I, I agree. People put stuff on and take stuff off and create their own list and they have crayons and they make their own list that no one even sees. And then the influencers will create a list and other people will buy into their list. There's lots of lists. Oh,
1: well, my uh, there's point no is, doubt. is that I. Unless you're saying that it's really just a core set of a couple things, then uh, then I don't see how you could say that the list that we labeled morality is a fixed thing.
0: Well, we don't have to necessarily debate on how many things are on it. That would be a whole rabbit hole. Okay. But I do believe it's it's a core small set of things. But I think okay. that what be- about being gay? What's that? What about being
1: gay? Should that be on the list or not?
0: As being moral or immoral. It's immoral,
1: and that's your list and that and and you're saying that that is part of your moral list, which is defined somewhere else and is an absolute
0: it's part of what's self evident through the the reason it's reasonable to me because it goes against nature biology it goes against the word of God which you think is a blank
1: biology but that's a and there's yeah, of
0: you're gonna say of there's nature. gay frogs and stuff. <laughs> but but to me, it's not like I don't have like a, a emotion attached to it. It's kind of like uh, it's just like two plus two equals four.
1: so when when one of your children comes up and says, "Dad, I'm gay, then are you going to think of them as morally reprehensible?
0: I'll think, no, I would love my child, but I'm not I wouldn't acknowledge that two plus two now equals five because it's not true.
1: And this is where I this is where I contest that the question of morality, at least on its fringes, is fuzzy and determined by the society that the vast majority of people want to live in.
0: No doubt about that. Like that's not a is as popular of a position as it would have been 20 years ago or 100 years ago. And it's oh, going to continue 10, to get 20. less. It's going to continue to get less and less and less popular and potentially dangerous to have it. Um, And also people conflate hate with uh, Well, it was was dangerous to
1: be gay 20 years ago, let's be honest People were getting murdered for it
0: Yeah, but for me, because my world view is that If there's a watch, there's a watchmaker If there's morality, there's a morality maker I don't get to decide what it is It's already decided I can yield to the truth of it The 2 plus 2 equals 4, that's how I view it Or I can pretend like it doesn't exist And create my own list And I don't do that
1: yeah that's just very interesting to me yeah
0: but you know I just think as small business owners there's so much diversity and thought and situations there's all of us are thinking things like this we also know the world's changing it's getting weird you know with even with gender stuff and all that whole thing is a great conversation we could have things are just changing very quickly and it's going to affect our families, it's going to affect our relationships, it's going to affect our business, it's going to affect our ability to preserve and grow and create wealth. And I do see a lot of opportunities still, but overall, with everything we're talking about, are you feeling optimistic about where things are going or do you think it's it's going to be bad in the end?
1: I think that um, as everything, we're trying to figure things out, Right. So the question is, is does our survivability clock run longer than us trying to figure out things that are destined to kill us? (laughs) (laughs) I got to say,
0: I don't know, man. Humans don't, it seems like things go sideways. People get, I don't know, like there's an arrogance in technology to some degree, it seems like, where, you know, we think we have the answers or even with like immortality and people trying to freeze themselves. And it just seems... It seems futile in a way, but it's also awesome because I'm a nerd and think things are interesting. Uh,
1: but but it, look at we 10,000 years without tech as Homo sapiens with cult with culture and a place to uh, have a community, right? I mean, it's <laughs> 10,000 years, and it took 9,900 years on one side of the equation and 100 years on the other side, where we're at now.
0: I know, it's a freight train. That's what I meant by the hockey stick. It's just exponentially getting crazy. So let's try to land the plane on our weirdest but most interesting conversation ever. I can't wait to get the comments and feedbacks on this bad boy. This will (laughs) be interesting. (laughs) And I'm doing
1: as advocate here mostly, so don't – you know, I'm not a a, – science purist hedonist so no
0: you're definitely a hedonist we know the truth now joe that's right (laughs) no we're all we're all messed up we're all fallen we're all broken people a lot of what we see online especially with marketing is just so fake you know i call facebook fake book most of the time now because it's a highlight reel it's you know it's edited it's people have struggles at home you know there's divorce and there's just issues with kids and there's all kinds of stuff, sexual stuff, there's abuse, there's alcohol abuse, there's everybody has issues. And uh, I I think if you're going through any of that stuff, just know that you're not alone. Just know that there's a lot of opportunity to turn things around and it's okay to be different. And I can tell you one thing, uh, even though I discovered during our conversation that me and Joe don't agree on some things, I can tell you the truth that from my perspective, changes nothing with my relationship with Joe. Uh, I think we have to be able to think for ourselves. I respect other people's opinions. I I, I love engaging in conversations like this because I don't consider myself dogmatic even though it seems like it. I, I view it as you know I'm open to, to have my mind changed. But I spend a lot of time thinking about this stuff, and we'll still be friends. And plus, you got a really cool software company to boot, so we can always talk about that. But
1: well, and and I appreciate um, from an empathetic point of view, uh, everybody's perspective, as long as it's positive and um, you know comes from the right place, right? Which is why you and I will always be friends. I, you, you you present that very well, and you're open to have more difficult conversations because honestly, if you're not willing to have difficult conversations, what's the point?
0: Well, that's actually part of the problem with the way the news is filtering things and is that what's happening is if you're like a liberal over time as your behavior is logged and data is collected, you get served more and more things that, you know, feed your confirmation bias. bias. Yeah, exactly. So you're in a uh, echo chamber of the same stuff and that's happening for all groups of people. All so,
1: groups and all interests. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So we're in these echo chambers and it's, it's dangerous because it causes a lot of anxiety and it causes anger and people are getting mad. And you have like Antifa doing stuff. You got these crazy, there's just crazy people getting re- way more edgy lately. And I think it's kind of due to that to some degree. And it's it's wild. It's, it's, it's really, really kind of scary in a way.
1: Yeah. I mean, like universities tossing out, uh, you know, people who speak because the people don't want to hear about their opinions. <laughs> they don't, yeah,
0: they don't want isn't that, ideas. Isn't
1: that the place where you go to have your ideas challenged in the first place? Yeah,
0: it's <laughs> but they feel morally justified. People feel like their outrage uh, is justification, logical justification for like physical violence or something. Like the more outrage you feel about something, the more allowed you are to like take matters in your own hands and
1: it's just lizard brain taking over right? <laughs>
0: it's scary stuff man yeah it's scary stuff well before I let you go what's been going on with uh, service monster I know send Jim has an integration with service monster yep. um, you got a lot of great features where's that at what you've been working on what's coming up next
1: well we've got some definitely exciting news on uh, August 15th we're having a service monster webinar And though we drop huge amounts of value and I spend huge amounts of money on value content, this is just straight up service monster. And what you're gonna get out of this webinar is uh, how Service ServiceMonster can benefit your business in general. So we'll go through the app, we'll go through the desktop app, um, and, and touch on some of those key features. But the message here is simplification, because we're coming out with a whole host of uh, new features and products. So the new app will be introduced. Um, it's replacing our current Mobile 3 app. Um, it was just getting old and tired and, and needed a refresh, and this is light years ahead. I'm so excited. It's so simple and easy to use. Use. Core, another product we're going to be introducing. It's going to be our $49 option, which includes just CRM, accounts receivable, and scheduling. So it's a very slimmed down version of Service Monster. Some single owner operators will get on and occasionally be like, whoa, there's so much here, I'm overwhelmed. So we wanted to be able to offer a smaller price package for those people who just need basic CRM and then they can grow into those more powerful features. We've replaced our entire schedule in Service Monster 6, which we were already the leaders, but man, I, just, I, I saw what we did with mobile and simplifying things. And I really wanted to take some of the use cases to Service Monster 6. And incidentally, the Service Monster 5 had some features that were better then Service Monster 6's schedule. And so we learned from that and we came up with this brand new design. It's so much faster, so much cleaner and you're able to get all your processes done very simply. Um, So that's inventory control. So as you use orders, it'll automatically deduct inventory and create purchase orders for you to re-up your juice and gear. Um, And we'll be releasing a trial. So we've never done this before. We've normally done demo, right? You go and fill out demo, you go in uh, and it's got pre-populated fake data, and you can kind of get the idea. Well, now the trial is 14 days free. You just sign up, either on your phone or on the desktop, and you're instantly in to your own database. Now, can they do
0: that now, or do they need to go to the webinar for the trial?
1: They'll need to go to the webinar for the trial because we're currently doing demo. At some point between now and the webinar, it'll it'll we'll do a, what's called a soft launch, where we'll change it, but not talk about it too much. We want to make sure everything's working and it's looking good and we're not losing anything. And then at the webinar, that'll be the big, okay, guys, it's ready. Go download the app or go sign up for the trial.
0: Yeah. And if anybody's listening to this and you don't have a CRM system, literally stop doing everything and go sign up and get a CRM. It's a foundational cornerstone to operate your business. But for people that already have one, um, how are you going to persuade them to come check out what Service Monster has? Is it just a, a better system? Is it more affordable? The feature set's different. I mean, there's a lot of different ones out there. What would be your elevator pitch on why they really, really need to see what you guys have been working on?
1: Yeah. So first of all, we've been at this for 16 years and we invented software as a service. So online monthly software. We we're one of the very first companies to do it. So we know what we're doing on the entire platform. And we don't just sell you an app. It's it's an entire platform. Our desktop product that you access via the web is so ridiculously powerful for scheduling and automation reminders and client retention uh, reporting and dashboards I don't think anybody would have issue with me saying that we are by far the most powerful on the desktop in the past where we have fallen is uh, in the simplicity side of the equation because there's just so much because you're and a data us,
0: scientist and you wanted that's all right. the buttons <laughs>
1: that's right that's 100% right and so i you know over the last 4 years it took me a lot of introspection and shifting and remapping my view of the world To say, oh, I get what they want on mobile now. And we released kind of what I call a smoke test, uh, a product called Technician, which was specifically for just the technicians to see if we got the tech and the usability right. And we nailed it. They absolutely love it. And so now we're taking what we learned. We took what we learned from that and completely rebuilt our mobile solution. And so now, again, everything in Service Monster has been streamlined and simplified. So while we have the most powerful tools and that has been a roadblock to some people in the past. Now everything is just so much easier to run your business. We have more features than anyone by a lot. Our customer support is touted the best by anybody who who cares to listen. And we've been doing this a long time. We really care about helping businesses grow. And look, I'd be the first one to say if there's another CRM that works better for your company, get that one first. Because honestly, I don't need the $80, right? What I need is a scaled version Of lots of clients who are very happy with our product and that's what we have and so we're just looking to grow that even more as we move into different industries and offer these different offerings so Mm -hmm. come by august 15th come take a look even if you have another product i guarantee you there'll be something there that'll make you wish that you had those features
0: well they can microwave a bag of popcorn and enjoy the amazing technology that is a microwave and at least check it out how do they sign up or, or register where do they go
1: yeah, servicemonster.net forward slash webinar. We'll take them right there. We do have prizes as well. So if you're going to be at the webinar, uh, if you're a prospect, you have a chance to win a year subscription. We'll be giving away two of those. And then if you're a current client, because we know a lot of our current clients come watch these for you know, uh, bells and whistles, we're going to be giving away two $250 Fill My Schedule gift certificates.
0: That sounds awesome. And as a closing note, what the heck are your thoughts on 5G, man?
1: <laughs> I haven't... You know, I, I'm ignorant about 5G. Oh, I have really? No idea.
0: Oh, yeah. man. Go down Why, the rabbit or, hole. Or you
1: have some conspiracy theory on 5G?
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I didn't at first. First, I was super excited because it's going to be amazing. But, oh, man, YouTube is ruining me. My confirmation bias YouTube's algorithm is <laughs> telling me all the bad things so, it's going to do. All the
1: conspiracy videos. Yeah.
0: There's... It's just the idea of Internet of Things, like the IoT, and, like, the idea that... You know, s- smart sidewalks and smart cities and five G and the hyper connection and like, just it, it almost reminds me of the movie. Uh, what's the Tom Cruise movie where he they would arrest people before they committed the crime? You know oh, what I'm talking about? Uh,
1: precog. Uh, yeah, the yeah, yeah. pre-
0: What was that called?
1: Uh, the Minority Report.
0: Yes. Like, w- to me, we're driving right down the track to Minority Report, bro. You
1: know about Starlink, right? <laughs> Elon Musk Starlink program.
0: No, is that the Neural thing?
1: No, no, no. That's another thing. No, he's launching 6,000 satellites into low Earth orbit Mm. and is going to be offering either cheap or free Internet to everyone in the world.
0: Yeah. And cheap or free. Why? Because he's a humanitarian? No, (laughs) (laughs) that is not why it's to track. It's to control. It's not good but i don't see any way to turn any of this this around it's happening um,
1: Yeah, but the, and but you lumped it in with the internet of things that's not bad i've been pushing no, for that no no like all of
0: this stuff years. is good like but that's yeah, why I'm, the public's going to accept of it accept creating
1: it. those web apis and connecting <laughs> things
0: together <laughs> no I, the reason it's good is why people are going to consume it and love it and run headlong into it i'm just saying the other the back end implications of that system right. existing is way too much power to way too small of a group of people and Again, I don't know that we can do anything about it, but um, yeah. And the low orbiting satellites, I am aware of those. And the, oh man, Joe, what are we gonna do, man?
1: I don't know. I'll tell you <laughs> what, though, I saw a video the other day of one of our clients hooking up our Service Monster API tech to Alexa, so that he could have someone say, "Hey, Alexa, schedule my carpet cleaning." And it would schedule it and put it on their service. Monster
0: oh database. my word, that's actually really cool. <laughs> Isn't that great? <laughs> it's great that you can even do that. But well, it's been an interesting conversation. Um, I'll uh, I'll send all my hate mail to you so you can read it and laugh. Yeah. And, uh... Oh no,
1: no, dude, I'll <laughs> do the same. I'm 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 likely to get the vast majority.
0: <laughs> we'll compare whoever whoever had the most yeah. hater drinkers will uh will whoever wins has to buy the other one. A, I don't know, a box of brownies to send, Jim. How about that? There you go. Awesome. (laughs) All right. Have a good week, Joe. Thanks. Thanks, Josh